0: So we're recording an hour earlier, excuse me, than we normally do. Y'all, people are on the road at like 8.30 in the morning and they're in a hurry and they don't care about your well-being or where (laughs) you're trying to get to because their agenda is far more important than yours
1: it's so true i said see this is why it's good we don't leave our house i know i
0: normally don't leave my house before 10 a.m
1: yeah which is always a good thing especially in this area
0: so true story yesterday i had to leave my house early at seven forty-five. also friends us 64 tons of people where are you going probably to work i guess never mind i digress
1: anyways yeah, everybody wasn't working or worked from home now i'm just kidding sorry
0: i know <laughs> You guys, do you miss working from home? Those of you that go back into the office, do you miss working from home or is it like oh, a sigh of relief because now, you know, you don't have to have the pressures of having your house clean all the time or,
1: you know, distractions. You, have, you
0: have a reason to not have it all together, right? Yeah. I don't know. I have lots of reasons. If you need a reason to not have it all together, y'all, maybe
1: I should just have a pot of them and they can call in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Why do you not have it all together today? <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I thought today we talk about expectations.
0: Oh,
1: well, <laughs> look how God works. Yes, I love. I loved how you said. You know what I was not expecting. <laughs> you were not expecting this topic. Um, <laughs> true that. <laughs> well, I was just considering, especially as of late. I mean, who, who am I kidding? It's all the dang time. Right, we but are...
0: it probably would feel more right now because you're feeling more pulled in different directions yeah and you just want to be home
1: and I think this is a really busy time for everyone the end of the school year the before summer begins all that stuff but the expectation expectations um that people have on us Mm. can Mm -hmm. be really overwhelming sometimes yes you think about all the different people in your life all the different categories Mm. and they all have expectations of you right i mean it's a little overwhelming to even think about and a little stressful i mean you think about your employer has an expectation uh-huh. your husband your kids your friends your neighbors um
0: your parents
1: oh yeah your relatives your in-law i mean everyone and we are just as guilty right with all those people in our lives we have certain expectations that we have of people
0: i'm kind of a rebel when it comes to that kind of stuff like I did not go and buy my kids one daggone thing to wear special on Easter Sunday. Good. And we didn't even go to church on Sunday. We sat on our couch.
1: Mm. Because
0: our church has 20,000 people and they were going to this big arena and you know that would not fly with me.
1: Oh yeah. My friend did that. She Mm. went there. Mm -mm. She was a little, um, yes, like this is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But, and it was. But she enjoyed it. Oh, don't get me wrong. That.
0: It looked amazing. <laughs> and I'm sure it was fantastic, but I'll catch the replay.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you know, Jesus had, everyone had expectations of Jesus. Mm. If you think about, think about how, you know, he, they were waiting for their savior to come, a king. But they expected a different kind of king. Right. That right. one he was like the king that was going to come and like rule here on a throne with a big, probably a big castle and yeah. all his servants and servants. all his right-hand men. And, Chariots. and uh-huh, mm-hmm. An All army. the things and just like put all those people in their place. And he's like, nope, I'm just going to love people. I'm going to grow up as a carpenter in a little nonchalant family and have a little three-year ministry and then I'm going to die on a cross.
0: I was thinking about that the other day, how Jesus' ministry was only three years. So he, you know, these are, this is just a little quick message for people that are expecting that they they have expectations for themselves, right? They expected they would be in a different place in life. Mm -hmm. Jesus had to wait 30 30 years or 33 Mm -hmm. years? Well,
1: 30. To to start
0: his ministry. Mm -hmm. Like, hold up. I'm kind of tired of like making windows and doors.
1: Yeah, we move along? <laughs> Dad,
0: please? Thank you. <laughs>
1: he might have been dreading it. Who knows? Right. I'm just kidding. Because he was in the flesh. Only because he was in the flesh. Um, well, even think about his friends. Um, when Lazarus dies, his friends are like, bruh. Like, yeah. why aren't you here? You're our friend, and you just let Lazarus die? You just let her brother die? Like, what is... Oh gosh! You know?
0: How about this? Like, I know you did not just heal that man down there. You didn't even know his name, but yeah. you can't
1: heal Lazarus. Yeah. Mm. yeah, like what? You're gonna let him die, and then he's like, "Oh my gosh, of of course." But then you know he like throws it into a whole miracle because you know right. then he's like, no doubt that dude was dead, and I'm gonna bring him back to life. But you're even his really close friends, um, had expectations of him,
0: right? But you know, it's interesting you asked for this because you did not give me any forewarning
1: (laughs) i love it so
0: you know jesus was friends with lazarus but it doesn't talk a lot about his friends when he was younger either was like was he a loner did he not have any friends like i feel you buddy i know
1: i really think about that a lot we don't get a lot of stories of jesus and his childhood like one or two you know when he walks away from his parents and they find him in the temple and he's like why are you surprised like i'm in my father's house
0: (laughs) I you mean, I like sassy. He's like talking in riddles. People are like that one's weird. Don't hang yeah. with him. <laughs> We're not picking him for the kickball. But game. it would <laughs> be so
1: interesting. Like, was he perfect as a child? Like, did he never lie? Did he never, you know, throw a stone at another boy that picked on him? Or I, I mean, mean he it would had just... to be
0: because they said he was sinless.
1: I mean, I know, but he was also in the flat I know. I mean, it would just—I can. It'll be such a great story. You know, when you get to heaven to sit down and and get all that, and maybe we won't care then, but. Um you know the people had such expectations of him that I think it's like Luke 4 they talk about the crowds actually try to throw him off a cliff <laughs> because <laughs> they didn't he wasn't meeting their expectations. Oh
0: my gosh y'all. So the next time someone doesn't invite you because you're not meeting the expectations, at least they're not throwing you off a cliff, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, I hope not. <laughs> right? So we all face those pressures, but I love it because You know, when God sent Jesus, he has experienced everything because he lived in the flesh that we have, like all the same temptations, the same, you know, to sin and all the things of the world. But there's this word, it's six syllables. Oh boy. I know. It's a big one. And it's really kind of hard to say sometimes, but I thought it would be good to kind of sit on this. It's called differentiation. Differentiation. Yeah. Isn't that kind of fun to say?
0: Differentiation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to use that three Everyone times
1: say today. that out loud in your car right now. Differentiation. Different. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? So, Peter Scazzaro explains that this is a person's capacity to define his or her, their own life's goals, apart from the pressures of those around them. So, basically, it's like what we tell our kids, you know, like, when you go out of town, don't forget your morals and your values. Like, just because you're, or, or, you know, or when you're with the crowd, don't follow the crowd. Remember who you are. But, oh my gosh. We need to listen to what we tell our children.
0: Okay, like, first of all, let's, we'll go back to Jesus. Remind me to go back to Jesus and his differentiation. Okay. But, you just said, we tell our children, don't forget your morals and your values. Mm-hmm. So,
1: therefore, we are putting
0: our own expectations on our children.
1: out oh, Facts. Wow. Okay. Sorry, uh-huh. kids. I mean, this whole thing is a conundrum.
0: I mean, seriously. <laughs> Wait, conundrum.
1: That's <No>, <laughs> But I think that, you know, what happens so often when we are with a particular crowd of people, our goals and our values can change. Mm-hmm. And it can be good and bad. We can be with a group of people that might be like, we're going to party all night. Right? And so we may be pulled in that direction. Or we could be with a group of really great people and they're like, oh, we have all these wonderful ideas and we want you to lead this group and that group and this. I mean, you did mention something last week. Yes. At, yes. In our podcast about how, you know, you were signed up for this event. And it just, you know, to, to lead this, but it just wasn't working out for you personally. Right. But you were still feeling that pressure, even though you knew in your heart it wasn't the right thing to do. Right. Um, And so... You know, we could be pressured to do good things that we're not called to do. Mm -hmm. And consider this when I say this. So, is your faith really your own if you fall into the trap of following the crowd? Whatever crowd you're in.
0: Oh, this is an interesting topic.
1: Like, are you rooted enough in Christ to to not go with the flow? Right. In a bad way.
0: Interesting. So here's a, here's one of my soapboxes that I like to stand on. By the way, I want to know where that whole term came from. But anyways, standing on a soapbox. Oh. Like I kind of get it because I'm short, so I'd have to stand on a soapbox so you can see me. But um, anyways. I,
1: that probably is where it came from. We should, we should look that up and post it.
0: Maybe that's why I stand on soapboxes so much. But <laughs> <laughs> I find a lot of people that... I'm going to try to tread lightly around this. Um, question God, mm-hmm. particularly in adulthood. And I will say that most of them probably grew up in church. They're questioning God in adulthood because something major happened in their life. I mean, big time major. And then they don't know where they stand with that anymore. They don't mm-hmm. know where they stand with God anymore because what happened in their life doesn't fit into their pretty narrative story that they've been trying to achieve all of their life. Right. And maybe they did nothing wrong. Maybe it was another party, you know, that whole free will thing that God gave us mm-hmm. another party inflicted their own disaster and, and like wedged it into their life. And so now they're questioning God, like, can God be good if this is happening? Does God really mean this? I mean, cause now let's just say this, let's say I'm, you know, getting divorced. Okay. I'm not getting divorced. I've already done that. You're welcome. But <laughs> let's say I'm, I'm on the brink of getting a divorce and it's not my choice. And I'm sitting here saying, no, no, no. Like now I am suddenly, if I'm growing up in a legalistic church, I am suddenly going to be a sinner for the rest of my life because I'm divorced and it was not my choice.
1: So now you have to question. So I'm going to throw out a really challenging statement. Do it, and I've kind of been biting my finger. I know. I was wondering. Because I'm like, itch? um should I say this? But I think sometimes the truth needs to be. I'm, I'm going to phrase this as a question. Okay. Is it not easier, most often, to just blame God than to take responsibility for our actions and to acknowledge that the actual problems?
0: Mm -hmm. not
1: that we have create i mean sometimes we don't create the problem right right but we instead of facing the conflict or you know just working on ourselves taking responsibility other people it's just easier to blame somebody else totally and god's always there and he you know he's not gonna
0: and he doesn't talk back audibly right so do it
1: just easier to blame him
0: yeah, but I think... It feels like
1: you have control of the situation when you blame God. Right. It's like, well, I am just not going to go to church ever again for the rest of my life because you let this happen. And you feel like you have control of your bad situation. But right. it, that, um Actually, that's not true.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting. And this is what I'll say to somebody that might be in the middle of that situation where you did everything you could in your power um, to stay on the right path or to make sure mm-hmm. you avoided a particular situation... Um, the pastor this weekend at my church, and he said, Mark 4, I think it was Mark 4, he said, you know, Jesus put the disciples into the boat, right? They all got into the boat, and he said, go this way. Jesus is with them. They're going across a sea. I don't know which one it was. I'm not that biblical. Um, (laughs) And um, the storm comes, and Jesus is asleep. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, they were doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing. And Jesus was by their side. And there's they were still a storm. Still a storm.
1: Like that storm comes. God lets those storms come. He does. Right? And notice, I mean, Jesus, so secure in his faith. He was sound asleep because he knew (laughs) everything was going to be fine. Right? It was going to work out for good. And I know. But we're all freaking out.
0: But here's the thing, when I'd you go back and look at that story, side. me too, when you go back and look at that story, and from our perspective now, we're like, right. really, Jesus is right there with you, and you're freaking out? Uh,
1: hello. Hey. We the the hey. hey It's so easy to judge those people in the Bible, like, oh my gosh, really? Like, you couldn't believe that, and you're sitting there watching it happen. And Jesus is by your side? Yeah. Like, and we are, yeah. like, doing it, too.
0: Right. And then there's that. <laughs> but I think some people... Uh Um, they fall into the trap of going to church and listening to the pastor and the pastor's amazing and he gets great stories and God speaks to him so wonderfully. So why would I go spend some time with God by myself? Right? So I'm kind of riding on the coattails of somebody else's quiet time, somebody else's faith, somebody else's um, relationship with God. Well, what happens when that breaks apart? What happens if that person falters? What happens if you walk away from
1: that church? Uh, You got no differentiation.
0: Yeah, girl.
1: <laughs> you you I gotta Because it's there. not yours. It's not yours. Because that's right. That is beautiful. I mean you cannot rely on someone else's faith to carry you. You have to have your own secure foundation, anchor, rock, whatever. I mean, there are reasons why God is described this way, you know, all throughout scripture. It, he anchors the soul. He is the rock that keeps us steady. And it's like, so that when you get into the crowd, into the storm, into the mess, into the tornado, you are more stable and you are able to, you know, not go with the flow of the crowd and follow, fall into the trap of pleasing, fall into the tap of, you know, the trap of the sin or whatever it is. It can be good or bad. And I think that's what we don't realize. I think very often as women, We fall into this knowing God's not really calling us to do something, but everything is good that is volunteer for the most part. I'm sure we could come up with something that's not good volunteer. Oh, you know I could. (laughs) Yeah, you totally could.
0: But I mean, so the question is, is your faith your own? Mm. Like have you invested in your own faith? Or are you relying on somebody else's stories and somebody else's feelings and somebody else's emotions? Have you had a personal encounter with God? Um, I don't mean that he's going to stop you in the middle of the street and like have a conversation. His angels might. But anyways, moving on. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have to invest in that. I, this reminds me of skydiving. So what if I went skydiving? I'd be like, hey, I went skydiving and I jumped out of a plane. It was 10,000 feet. And you'd be like, oh, that's crazy. Or wow, what was that like? And I would try to tell you, right? Mm-hmm. But you couldn't experience the fear, the shaking of the knees, your stomach bottom falling out of your stomach as you're like jumping out of the plane and then like (gasps) the parachute catches you and you're not taking in the scenery and you don't have that (gasps) relief all the things yeah you're not emotionally attached to that
1: although i was really enthralled with how you were describing it it sounded really accurate and amazing have
0: you jumped out of a plane
1: no okay i I wanted to you did you're crazy but i never did that's when i was younger but um not now. I have bad hips and knees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that, and that is such a good example. You know, you can't just hang on to every word your pastor says. And also, one of the ways that you might notice is when you have something going on in your life, are you going to your influencers oh, or are you going to your Bible?
0: <laughs> for real, you guys. it is. There are people out there on social media that are so funny and engaging, right? And there's a time and space for that. Right, and they have some really good, heartfelt stuff. But what does the Bible say about this? Right. Like, go back to your Bible. I don't care who you're listening to, your pastor, a podcast, us, go to
1: your Bible and read it. Please. Please, please, please. Yes. I mean, we had a pastor one time, and he was like, listen, you have got to read. You cannot just listen to what I say, because I could be making all this up. (laughs)
0: Like, you need
1: to go check it out for yourself in the Word of God. I mean... Also, another thing is, are you letting other people take away the truth of Jesus and who you are in him? Are you letting the lies, mm-hmm. the expectations, Are you or are you grounded enough? And now, let me just say this.
0: Okay. She got real serious, Okay, guys.
1: We will always struggle with this. You, this is not something that you are ever going to be able to cross off your list. Mm-hmm. Okay? We are in the flesh, and there are going to be... Times in your life where you feel so much more secure in your faith and who you are in Christ. Yes. And then there are going to be times when you're not. Right. And that's when we're going to falter uh-huh. in our differentiation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm loving saying that word. I know. And when we walk into crowds. I mean, I still have days that I really struggle with that. You know, that's our insecurities. That's our just our natural tendencies. But that is why it is so important to get in those uncomfortable spaces with the Lord and seek Him out and learn mm-hmm. from Him and let Him be our anchor.
0: I always say that when you take the time to figure out who you are in Christ and how God made you and who God is and He is by your side, remember like on the boat, okay, He's in your boat. You have such a confidence. It's almost
1: unshakable. You'll have mm-hmm. hard days. Yeah.
0: You'll have hard days, but then you just go back to the Bible. It is right there to read.
1: Always. Always. Yeah, and he is always, I love that. That's how we want to leave you today, um, this week. God is always in your boat. Always in your boat. Always yeah. in your boat. And it is opening your eyes to acknowledge him and recognize that he is there and sticking with him instead of this is the one time we just don't want you to go with the flow. Right. <laughs> Unless yes. it's Jesus's flow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, thanks for joining us this week on The Center and the Saint.